Hello, listeners of One Tree Will. Um, I feel like I should start this episode off with a heavy heart and a deep apology. Um, most of you already know last episode, um, I made a grave mistake and I'm here to take full responsibility for it. Um, play the clip. I aspire to age into that smell. What does that mean? You want to smell like an old book? An old bookstore, like many old books. Many old books? Many. (laughs) (laughs) Many old books. Yeah. Many old books, our neighbor. (laughs) (laughs) Um, They're in a hot tub and Brooke. Oh, no, no. Okay. This is actually a really good. Great. So, um, yeah, what you just heard was us coming up with an amazing character named Manny Old Books. And then I just talked past it. I just continued on with our recap. Yeah, as if as the episode were more important than Manny than, Old Books. Than a human life. <laughs> Manny old books like I it's like we invited Manny old books into our home mm-hmm. and then like there's the no mi- chair for him like, at the table exactly he's standing plates of food are Shiv- being passed he's around shivering he came in from the cold he's standing at the table there's no room for him and I remember I was listening back on it it's just just you know as as angry as you are at me you can't be angrier than I am at myself that's true just living if, with if, her I mean any every consolation day. Yeah. I I will never forgive myself and I was thinking, oh, it's too late. But then I realized, is it? We could do another. Uh, that's when Abby pulled me aside and she said, Will, what if we didn't stop at 11 episodes? What if we did at least one more? <laughs> Episode 12. Um, so I not, you know, I'm not one of those celebrities who just says sorry and moves on. I genuinely try to be better. And mm. I'm going to make mistakes as a celebrity. Which celebrities are you thinking about? Um, most of them. Eastwood, um, Clooney, uh, who else? Who else even? Well, is all there? my yeah, all my contemporaries. Just think about who my contemporaries are, like Eastwood and Clooney, and you can just kind of fill in the gaps. When you said contemporaries, yeah. I just imagined you meant like people who are the same height as you. <laughs> Pacino, Cruz, mm-hmm. um, small powerhouse. Anyway, this is we're getting off topic. Well, we that's have, honestly we, have, we no 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 honestly honestly. This is what happened to Manny Old Books. The thing <laughs> we're that doing, doing it again. I'm just realizing that maybe it isn't entirely your fault. Maybe I'm also partially to blame. Well, we want to make it up for you all. So um, here he is. We invited him on the show today. We're really excited to have him. Here's Manny Old Books. Thank you so much for being here. Did you write anything, or are you gonna make no, me I'm just, just gonna do make it? You do it. <laughs> On our walk over to the recording studio, I said, are you ready to just do some Manny Old Books? And you said, yes. I read that as you. No, as I didn't you read you anything. <laughs> <laughs> we went to bed so late last night. Manny Old Books? And here he is, Manny Old Books. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, what book? 
would you like to check out? Would you like a large print copy of The Catcher in the Rye? J.D. Salinger was my godson, but I betrayed him. I lost him in the woods one day when he was out a-running, looking for crawdads and mocking jays, and I lost him in the creek. Old many old books has a story to tell about everything. I remember when I was out lassoing the moon, I was reading a red badge of courage. Red badge of courage and the moon lasso. Oh, I'm as old as you can think. What's the oldest you can think? That's my birthday. <laughs> um, any old books. I introduce myself, but don't, don't judge me by my cover. Don't go judging me by my cover. I'm not one of my books. Though I spent so much time around them that I kind of smell like them. I kind of look like them. I kind of <laughs> taste like them. How do you look like a cock? And then he like opens himself up and he has pages instead of ribs. Uh, when Abby went to grad school, Will came with, but when she came home, his legs got stiff. He got stuck across the pond in London still. So what's all of this talk about One Tree Hill? Well, when Abby was a kid, she really liked the series. Will was a kid, he didn't even have a TV. Now they're far apart saying, I wish that you were near me. Hey, let's make a podcast and maybe you will hear me. Hey, Siri, what's One Tree Hill about? Basketball, but that's not all to really find out. Just listen to the show as they go through the seasons. They'll give you a couple laughs and maybe a couple reasons to watch the show yourself with your own SO. So if you weren't sure, then now you know so. Oh. Listen to the show alone or maybe with your baby. Uh, but I don't want to be anything other than what I've been trying to be lately. Hi, welcome to One Tree Will, the podcast where we watch episodes of One Tree Hill and then talk about them. I'm Will, and I've never seen the show until now. <laughs> And I'm Abby, and I definitely owned all the soundtracks. Those mixtapes coming up that Peyton makes, oh yeah, they made those into soundtracks that you could buy, and I bought them. The first CD I ever bought was uh, the Juno soundtrack. <laughs> That's not embarrassing. That's a good soundtrack. Oh. Thanks. You're welcome. <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh, sometimes I just like... I kind of like have a moment of stillness and I ask, should I be doing any of the things I choose to do? And that manual books really remind me of those <laughs> questions. Because um, he has had such a full, rich life. Yeah, you sure. Um, so <laughs> episode 12. We're on episode 12. Congratulations, everybody. Episode 12, The Baker's Dozen. Go ahead, Abby. Um, Baker's Dozen is 13. <laughs> <laughs> What is this episode called? Do we it's have the called, official title? Uh huh. It's called Crash Course in Polite Conversations, which kind of really is a good, I think it's a very good title for this episode. Mm. You'll find out why later. Doesn't it kind of feel like a Panic at the Disco title? It, I think that all their titles are song really? titles. This, t this Crash Course in Polite Conversations is a song i looked it up earlier um by somebody, somebody <laughs> um, wrote it. <laughs> somebody some person out there wrote a song called crash course and polite conversations i'm pretty sure all their songs are or all their episode titles are i should 
I should like research that before I just say it. No, it's canon. I, I think attacked. if you say it, it's canon. <laughs> yeah, by our our fans are loyal and good, but they can be vicious. Yeah. I have one person. We love in mind. them. We love you. We, I swear we love you. One person in mind. We've stopped individually thanking people for listening. I think we well, ran we, out. Well, no, we just didn't do it last episode. Okay. Before we start our recap, uh, we have a few things that we have to just cover. First of all, mouthwatch. Mouthwatch begins now. Mouthwatch. Was mouth or skills in the episode today? They were not. And that that's been that's been mouthwatch. Thanks for joining us. <laughs> Next week. <laughs> Next week we'll we say yes or no again. Um, it's also, a real shame. Go ahead. <laughs> well, that's what I think that it's important for us to do the mouthwatch because they are our two favorite characters, and it just by doing mouthwatch we're really bringing awareness to how little airtime they get. It's also confusing because. From my point of view, the show is written to clearly have them be the protagonists, and mm-hmm. then they just kind of disappear. It's an odd choice for protagonists, but I think I trust Mark Schwann. Yeah. All right. I yeah, trust sure. you. Well, thank you. This episode, I thought I'd try something a little different with the recap, because there's really only two storylines. There's a Nathan storyline, and there's Lucas storyline, and they never overlap this episode. And I know that the episodes often kind of jump around a lot and, and it can be confusing. I thought maybe we'd stay. We, I, I'm not going to go in the exact order of scenes in the episode. Instead, I'm going to kind of stay with one storyline for a while, then hop over, then come back. So we're going to kind of be more like staying with these people for longer. And we're going to see how that feels. Mm-hmm. Why not? Let's experiment, you know? Why Let's not take, take a risks. crazy chance? Yeah. Why not do a crazy dance? It does make me wonder... The moment when Nathan says, you want my life, you've got it. You want my world. Thank you. You want my world. I'm going to take it back. You want my world, baby. You've got it. <laughs> and, he, and he passes. I wonder if that is like a, uh, a Freaky Friday moment. And they actually switch or they become one person. And that's why we never see them in the same room together. Because they can't be. Yeah. So this is a prediction a little bit early, but I think that. Now they're living one life, and it's like a Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde thing. It's mm. a it's a Dr. Lucas, Mr. Nathan. Nathan. It's a Dr. Scott, Mr. Scott type situation. Yeah. Um, by the way, that just made me think of it. Will's prediction didn't come true, so I don't need to fly you out to Tree Hill, South Carolina. Where is his – what happened to his mom? I know she's in Italy. She's just still in Italy. That's sort of a wild plot device to introduce a character and then have her in leave. the first season and then send her to Italy. To yeah, take care this, of herself. This season moves at a rapid fire pace in terms of like what's typical to happen first season. Like yeah. crazy stuff. Like just the fact that he's already dating Brooke is so crazy. Like t- like most shows, maybe like more modern shows now because I feel like these teen shows moved at such a faster pace than I remember. But like if I were to predict when he chooses Brooke or Peyton to date, I would, cho- I would assume it was the end of season one. Mm. But he does it like before the middle of season one i wonder if some of it is like because people expect you to binge shows now they can take their time a little bit more whereas if you're waiting a week between watching each episode it's like a week has gone by and you you expect more to happen or something yeah and it was just i mean it's kind of it it's in the 
it's in that genre that's not soap opera but kind of stealing a lot of like the writing devices of soap operas but doing it in like it looks different mm-hmm. and it's it's not shot at 60 frames per second which yeah soap opera sorry it's like 30 <laughs> frames per second for tv or 24 frames for film so that's why a soap opera looks like a home video mm-hmm. really like smooth and crisp i feel like they don't look so they look they look bad they look like too, too real. smooth yeah too real that's so interesting um yeah so yeah but it's just yeah it's crazy that his mom leaves and she leaves her so many episodes and but at the time like i think it's just also the way the writing works they achieve so much in so little mm-hmm. like you kind of you're told who to root for like before karen leaves we want her and keith to get together yeah and that's like episode i forget six. that they kiss in the airport i know she kisses him it sort of feels like she is such a good mom and is such like a balancing and positive influence on Lucas's life and and on Keith's life where they're sort of like, we actually need to get her out of the picture for them to like mess up a little bit before we bring her back in and probably she'll fall in love with someone in Italy. Ah! Oh gosh. Oh man. I just got sad and scared. Oh, but Keith. Oh my God. But she fell in love with a guy in Italy. Oh, he worked at a restaurant and he taught her how to make food and she loves him. He's, oh a, but he's a really nice guy, though, Will. He's he's too nice, but how can... I mean, he hasn't been there for the way Keith has. I'm mad at her and him. <laughs> What's his name? Riviero. <laughs> <laughs> he's Spanish. Ugh. I'm really sorry that you had to find out this way well, through you guessing it <laughs> spot just, on. I'm just so intuitive. All right. Um, enough about me. Okay. So I'm going to start with the Nathan plot line. Because why the heck not? And I'll jump in and interrupt periodically. Because that's <laughs> sort of my role on this podcast. <laughs> oh, do you have anything? I feel like we should just jump in. But do you have anything else to add before we start? Um. Oh, well, I think I was also, I mean, I think the fact that the show is moving so quickly is one of the reasons why we're taking a little bit of extra time between each episode. Mm-hmm. To, to just process. process. Yeah. Okay. Episode 12. Crash Course and Polite Conversations. Chapter one. Chapter one. Uh, Nathan answers the door of his house. Uh, hello? What? Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> In his underwear. Oh, and who... I that, that would be fun, wouldn't it? <laughs> oh, my God. What kind of goal? Oh, it's like an audiobook. That's not how audiobooks work. There's not you, fully an audiobook. He walks to the door. He opens it. You sure don't let me do Manny Old Books first thing. It got me all riled up. <laughs> Manny Old Books like, is slowly taking over Will's identity. I roll up my sleeve and it has like a page number on it. <laughs> on my skin. Nathan answers the door in his underwear. And who's on the other side of the door? His grandparents. It's his dad's birthday, and they are there to surprise them, and they have no idea that Dan no longer lives with Deb and Nathan. Weird. (laughs) (laughs) And when Dan, and then Deb comes over, and she's like, oh, hi, so good. Yeah, super song. All the dogs start barking in the neighborhood (laughs) because her voice jumps up an octave. And, And Dan's dad, who I've just been calling dad, dad and mom so dad i think um, his name is royal his name is royal it is right yeah yeah 
What's better? Do you want me to call him Royal or da- or da- da- Let's call Dad. him the King. The King. <laughs> <laughs> so Royal uh, walks in, and one of the first things he says is he looks at Deb and goes, looks like you've put on a few, Deb. So that gives you a... Well, then he follows it up with, and it doesn't look bad. Oh, my God. What? Yeah. I did not hear that. He's like, you've gained some weight. I was already throwing up. And, and it looks good on you. Yeah. So because I was already vomiting in my own mouth, I mm-hmm. couldn't hear what he said after that. Yeah. That's what he said. Here's my my quick. So so we, just to clarify, yeah. these are clearly Dan's parents. Although, might I speak? <laughs> Go ahead. It is the daddy issues that Dan has with Dan's dad, Royal are so similar to the daddy issues that Nathan has with his dad, Dan, is that it almost feels like one of those time travel movies where someone goes back and think about it. Doesn't it it almost feel like one of those time travel movies? I don't know what you're talking about. I thought I was like, I was on board and then you kind of stopped. Okay. When, when Dan's dad shows up at the door (laughs) <laughs> when, Sa- when Dan said shows up at the door yes. he's so similar to everything about Dan that there was a split second where I thought that it was Dan and Deb from the future it's Dan and Deb in the future got it Yeah, that feels correct but it's actually kind of Dan from the past because <laughs> he's older <laughs> yes. I think what I was trying to describe is, is like they're so similar and haven't learned from their mistakes it feels like a time travel movie but really that's just what happens when people grow old and don't correct their mistakes or grow yeah, they're just... That. They're stuck in the past, yeah. and that feels like a time travel movie. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is actually just a time travel TV. Like, this is when time travel was introduced. We already have necromancy introduced, dark magics, mm-hmm. um, body swapping, and now this is when time travel comes into play. About time. Nice. Um, so Deb finds Dan at the lake house, and is like, your parents are here and your grandma's cooking you a birthday dinner. And Dan convinces Deb. She's like, you have to tell them. I can't believe you haven't told them yet. And he convinces Deb to not tell his parents. Basically saying, like, we're going to work it out. And why should we, like, stir up this drama and upset them if we're going to get back together one day? Um, I don't totally know exactly, like, what he says that convinces her. But I think it's just her trying to, like, have the easiest weekend she can have. Because, mm-hmm. you know, clearly she's not happy to see his parents. It doesn't – from that brief interaction with Royal, it seems like maybe he – she doesn't love Dan's parents. <laughs> also, Dan and – or no, Deb and Dan's mom look very similar. Yes. This, they do. Yeah. Totally. They have, like, the same haircut. Yeah. They both have kind of, like, blonde bobs. Yeah. And they're both very pretty. Mm-hmm. And his his mom does not have any wrinkles. She looks old. Like, she doesn't look like one of those people who you're like, are you 30? Like, she looks her age, but she doesn't have any wrinkles. Mm-hmm. But she also looks like she could actually be Nathan's mother. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're supposed to be really young. Yeah. Yep. But, um... Yeah, and then Haley's at the diner. <laughs> Haley's at the diner, and um, this is this is what I wrote down because I, 
I did realize who this was. So Haley's at the diner and a random man walks in asking for Karen. And it's kind of weird. You're like, who is this guy and why does he want to talk to Karen? Um, and then uh, Haley's like, she's in Italy <laughs> learning how to cook. Um, but who, like, what's your name so I can tell her? And he says, like, oh, don't worry about that. Um, and then Deb looks out from behind a corner, <laughs> like, just watching. And she has, like, a concerned look in her eye. So at this point, <coughs> so at this point, I had completely forgotten what Royal looks like. Because <laughs> you've been vomiting. Just nonstop since he said that thing about Deb. Who's Grandpa Scott in the flesh? We have no idea why Royal was looking for Karen, but it seems like maybe they have been in contact. Mm -hmm. Did you have any? So Will realized who the guy was the whole time. So did you have any uh, different kind of uh, experience watching that one? Well, I immediately wondered how involved he was in Lucas's life. If he had been a shadow bank, a secret source of funds or... Um. Yeah, you know, I, I, who knows, who knows how his grubby little paws have been all over the situation. <laughs> we've we've been, we've had probably twenty seconds of screen time with Royal, and we already deeply dislike this man. Although the his like vibe in the cafe is much more positive. It feels like he's like it. It feels it, sneaky to me. I didn't even know who he was, and I was like, "There's something weird going on with this guy." Yeah. But it also, it feels like he's looking at, I mean, he's happy she's in Italy. Was he? He said, good for her. Oh, okay. You were like wiping the vomit off of her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm a bad recapper. <clears throat> Clearly don't. No, Abby. Don't Abby, okay. everyone tell her she's a good, re everyone tell her she's a good recapper. Come on. Come on. Tell her she's good. Don't force them. We record One Tree Will in front of a live <laughs> studio audience. So Nathan and Haley later that day, they jump around time so much. They're walking around. It's, it's very cute. They look like a couple. It's very nice. Just walking around downtown, making their way downtown. And Nathan is complaining about this dinner they have to have that night. And he kind of jokingly invites Haley. And she says, you know, if you wanted me to come, I would. And he says, well, I do. And she says, well, then I'm coming. And she decides to come, even though... She knows it's going to be a dinner from hell. But I think maybe she doesn't totally realize how dysfunctional. Nathan, mm -hmm. I don't even think Nathan realizes how dysfunctional his family, his whole family is. But they're going to find out. Spoiler alert. They're pretty dysfunctional. Yeah. So Royal comes to Dan's work um, at the car dealership. And Royal proceeds to do the most Dan things I've ever seen. He's more Dan than Dan. He does like, if you remember, if, if you all, you listeners remember when, I think it was last episode, when Dan took Nathan golfing mm -hmm. and he kind of just like, Dan was nonstop talking and kind of like on a shallow level, it kind of just looks like, like dad joking around. But as soon as you look at it closer, he's just like nonstop berating his son under the guise of like boys being boys and we're just goofing mm -hmm. and like everything's done with a smile but it's all a power play and royal just does that to dan in front of a guy buying a car it's it's really horrible he's also like living vicariously through his son and he, he brings up he finds a way to talk about 
uh, an, in an inelegant way to talk about Dan's high school basketball shooting record to this guy who's just trying to buy a car. And the most interesting part of it for me is the guy, the guy looks at Dan and says, did you play in college? And his eyes like light up. Like the guy trying to buy the car <laughs> is there. He's there to buy a car. But there's this moment where he's like, wait, were you a college basketball am player? I, am I talking to <laughs> Am I in the presence of a college basketball, basketball player? But he's not because, well, as we all know, without a shadow of a doubt, Dan blew out his knee freshman year, and that's why he stopped playing. Right, Abby? Yeah. Not only did he blow out his knee, by blowing out his knee, they found out that he has a degenerative knee disease. Yeah. And so that's he why he definitely playing. not play. Also, he was a father. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Or he would have been pro. It's yeah. like, that's what's important to know. He would he would have been pro. Yeah, if he hadn't definitely blown out his knee. Let's 100%. keep going, though. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't know why we're still harping on this. Um, I just wrote dad equals Dan because I thought, you know, maybe there's a play on words like dad, Dan, oh, Dan well, is dad, dad is Dan. Deity. 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 That's probably where dad comes from originally. Yeah, from the name Dan. In the ancient Latin? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he's a real stinker. He's a real stinker. Yes. Um, and then now we're at the dinner. Here we are. We made it. Happy birthday, Dan. So we're at the dinner, and Royal goes to... This is a really good moment. Royal goes to take the head of the table, the seat at the head of the table, and Dan looks at him like... Mm-hmm. And Royal gives up the head of the table for Dan because it's his house. Yeah, it's ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't. I'm curious if people still have like heads of the table in their in their minds. I think especially kind when of. like da- daddy's <laughs> sitting at the head of the table. I remember at Easter this year, my mom didn't want to sit at the head of the table because she's not the daddy. <laughs> I think that's part of it. It was also at your parents' house. Yeah, I guess just like, I guess I get it because like the focal point is the head of the table and you think the host should be there. Mm-hmm. But it is a weird, it's a it's a little, it feels a little outdated in terms of like oh, the 100%. patriarch yeah. sits at the head. But I, I get it. I get like that is like a slight more position of power just like visually. Yeah. But Dan got it. Dan is going to be wishing he let his dad sit there. Yeah, because he's about to get slimed. That's right. Right before dinner, Haley has put up a bucket of slime over the head of the table chair, and whoever sits there, if they don't, if they don't say the right stuff, if they don't get the trivia questions right, look out. They're about to get slimed all over their face. Slime Time Live, Nickelodeon, 1998. Haley's really changed. <laughs> She's such a trickster. She's like a little regular old puck. That's why everyone calls her Puck now. Remember when everyone started calling Haley Puck this episode? And it was like, yeah. why? It's because of the slime. It's because the, the people who call... Well, when you go back and watch it for a second time, you realize that the people who have started calling her Puck are the ones who are in on the slime prank. Mm. Which so is... Karen, Karen from Italy. Karen sends the slime. It's Italian slime. Yeah. Deb is in on it. Um, Lucas kind of knows, so he calls her Puck. <laughs> <laughs> let's keep going oh my god it's really funny um okay this okay god this this is the first episode that really tells you a lot about dan everything royal does 
it tells you about Dan. So Keith walks in because remember, Keith is Dan's brother. <laughs> remember, everyone? So Uncle Keith walks in and Royal looks at Keith and goes, look what the cat dragged in. My so, son. My, my, <laughs> my flesh and blood. And Keith's like, I invited a guest. I hope you don't mind. And his mom is so excited for him to bring a date. Um, and he thinks she thinks like, oh, I'm going to have grandchildren again soon. He brings Whitey. Which could, I mean. Well, yeah, the, the two of them do have been spending a lot of time together. And they make each other really happy. Yeah. Whitey and Keith. They're partners, I think. But we can't, we can't root for Whitey and Keith because we love Keith and Karen. We do. And we love Whitey and his dead wife. <laughs> and I don't want to do anything to break them up. No, we love his dead wife. We love her. Don't, if, do, do not make the mistake of thinking that this podcast is not hashtag team Whitey's dead wife because we are other podcasts. They might not be. Yeah. Hashtag team Whitey. <laughs> See what comes up. Yeah. Everyone, everyone, hashtag I love Whitey. I like the idea of Whitey sitting down, <laughs> Whitey sitting down and then being like, I hope you don't mind. I uh, invited someone. <laughs> it's just like a never-ending line of people. Yeah. Or maybe the joke ends when his dead wife comes in. Yeah, she just floats right through the walls. She's like, oh, I was already here. I've been here the whole time. And that's when we find out that there, that Deb and Dan's old, you, house used to be owned by Whitey and his dead wife. <laughs> anyway, Keith didn't bring a date. He brought Whitey. Um, Haley walks in with Nathan. And has a very significant look, really good acting moment with Royal because she realizes who he was. This is also the moment when Abby realized who he was. Yes. (laughs) That's because Bethany Joy Lenz, the woman who plays Haley, did such good acting of recognizing him. I was like, oh shit, Royal was the guy at the cafe. Well, you also have old people face blindness where all old people look the same to you. That's not true. I introduced you to my grandparents and you're like, grandma? grandpa and you kept mixing them up (laughs) like no abby that's my grandma and that's my grandpa so that's your grandpa and that's your no abby (laughs) okay let me try this one more time it's a 50 50 chance that's mima wrong wrong okay if that's mima then that has to be mima's grandpa garge (laughs) um yeah anyway we already know it's gonna be a really awkward dinner so now they're eating. They're eating now. Mm-hmm. Everyone's like, chomp, 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 yum, yeah. yum, yum. And Royal keeps on bringing up Nathan's basketball career. Even though Grammy is always saying, let's not talk about sports, boys. Yeah, she goes, no sports talk, no sports talk. Yeah. I'll kill myself. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Here's the thing. The, that's it's, You have to laugh because it's so horrible because she kind of does have that vibe. She has the vibe of the wife who's been like the nice one and quiet for like 40 years. And she just has that kind of sadness to her where it's like, let's not talk about sports. I have an unquenchable darkness inside of me. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Like I've been lonely for 30 years. Yeah. Well, I mean, speaking of the time travel thing, she's she's Deb who never had never knew that she could say we're separating. Yeah. She never had that as an option. She's the Deb that, that kept, uh, that stayed with Dan. Yeah. It's so, it's sad. Um, 
so yeah, it's literally like the sh- the the scene keeps on being Royal saying sports sports, and his wife being like no sports, and, and the rest that of the happens- family going oh no, and Whitey just not saying anything, just yeah. eating just eating a lot. It's like his first real meal in months. Yeah, we haven't seen him eat until now. So he eats like peanuts and whiskey, and the peanuts are loose peanuts in his desk drawer in his yeah. office. He just like keeps pouring new peanuts in there. That's yeah. Um, So dad asks about, oh, he just keeps interrupting. She'll be like, no sports talk. And then he just keeps interrupting. Um, And Royal is like asking about Nathan's average. And that's when Deb and Dan exchange a very long, meaningful look that only in this world would nobody else see. Mm -hmm. (laughs) They both like, if anyone, (laughs) does this world really takes like a creative license with people having these really obvious meaningful looks and nobody noticing around them like time slows down and they just like look at each other and they have this like whole conversation and then everyone else is just like yeah like eating their potatoes um this at some point royal says too bad keith takes after his mom's side of the family so he's re- just like Dan. He's really good at insulting multiple people in one sentence. Mm-hmm. And at putting down people who are probably better than him. Totally. Yes. Um, and at some point, Haley offers to like take the dishes in. And she's like, Nathan, you want to help me? And Nathan, Nathan, whoa, Haley and Nathan, couple names. Wow. Naley. <laughs> Naley goes into the kitchen. Nuck. <laughs> Nuck. <laughs> Nuck goes into the kitchen. And Haley is kind of has a look on her face. And he's like, what's up, Haley? And and Haley doesn't say anything. And Nathan says, you've got that look. She's like, what look? He says, that look that you have when you want to tell me something, but you feel like you shouldn't, so you don't. And she says, it's too early for you to know that look. Which I thought was really sweet. Yeah. But also, she's probably given him that look a ton. <laughs> there's so many secrets she yeah. finds out. And there's so much that he has to learn about being a person. Yes. So Haley tells Nathan about Royal coming into the cafe and asking about Karen. And Nathan is kind of, I don't know, this is the way he handles it. He's kind of like, like, wow. He's like, more lies. <laughs> I think the exact line is, well, I guess my family's so screwed up. I probably wouldn't even be surprised by anything else, but my grandpa did. But I probably wouldn't even be surprised by it. So, let's oh yeah, go it's back like in. anything new won't change. Anything. My, my family's so messed up already. Nothing new will change that, or something. Well, it's important because <laughs> there's a callback to that line. Yes, yeah, yeah. Can we get to it? Yeah, we'll get to it eventually. Well, okay. I can't wait for you to tell them about it. <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm excited about it okay. too. But we have to wait till the end, okay? All right. Okay, do you want to keep going? Yeah, I want to get to that moment. <laughs> <laughs> um, and this is when Will, while we were watching that moment, Will said, Nathan's really growing up. <laughs> I'm proud of him. <laughs> okay, so Dan blows out his birthday boy candles all Just in like one breath. Just like he blew out his knee. Go ahead. 100%. That's what <laughs> happened. No doubt about it. That's the truth. Why yeah. even keep bringing it up? Well, yeah. I mean, you couldn't fake something like blowing out a knee. <laughs> Have you ever blown out your knee? There's friggin' blood and cartilage everywhere. Oh, cartilage. When I, the times I've blown out my knee, it, I mean, it gets everywhere. You have to get like a couple of towels. 
I've blown up my knee on sub on the on the subway. I've blown up my knee in a subway trying to get a sandwich. <laughs> I it hurt so bad I couldn't even finish my order. I was like pickles, bell ah, and I had to leave. <laughs> I had to leave and take the subway where I blew out the other one. <laughs> it's such a mess. You blown out your knee. You gotta get like Have a you Kleenex. Know? I think so. If that, if that's what this feeling was. Every time it's happened, I'm always like, I will never play pro ball. <laughs> but if this didn't happen, this didn't I would happen, have played pro I ball. I would be in the NBA. The first time it happened, I was like, shoot, there goes that dream. And then I picked another one. What was the new dream? Celebrity. <laughs> Podcast celebrity. Yeah. PCC. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Dan blows out his B-Day boy candles and he does it all in one breath, which I think is so Dan too. Like, I think he would have like smashed the cake in with his fist if he needed two breaths. And it's like a little bit, like he barely makes it. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> like he's really like yeah. right in the face. He's like, like a, in his, his reserves of breath. Yeah. He's like the whole time he's like looking his dad in the eye. They're just like hardcore making eye contact. They're like, <laughs> and his dad is like, I have way more candles than that. I'll always have more candles than you. <laughs> um, and this is when Royal keeps bringing up basketball. And finally, Nathan has had enough and he tells him he quit. And uh, the one of the first things Royal says is like, you lied to us. And then Nathan says, um, like, well, you shouldn't talk. What is this about you trying to see Karen at the cafe? What? Do you have contact with her? And this is when Royal does the Dan thing again, which is so, like, unbelievably disgusting, where he looks at Haley, this young 16-year-old woman he does not know, and says, someone has a big mouth. Oh, my God. Also, can you imagine any normal scenario where, like, your girlfriend would tell you, Oh, I ran into your grandpa at the cafe where I work. He didn't introduce himself, and it was a weird situation. But I'm glad we're having dinner together now. <laughs> and him immediately like betraying that it was a secret. What it's like, that's not something you should have to keep secret. It's like walking into a cafe and being like, oh, that was your grandpa. Yeah, well, it's <laughs> like just... Her, yeah. Well, I think like he does ask for Karen, and they share that look. Like, like she... She does know what she's doing when she shares that. Like, she knows she's sharing some drama. She's not just saying, like, oh, I ran into your grandpa. But, like, where yeah. where do her loyalties lie? Yeah. You know like, what I mean? She's like, like, being like, we had something. Remember the look at the beginning of this dinner that we shared? <laughs> yes. It's like, no, I'm, like, dating your son. Like, I should tell him. That. It's so crazy. Um, yeah. Um, and then Dan says, back off, Royal. I've had enough of your crap tonight. Pretty pretty cool pretty cool stuff <laughs> hey well remember when karen said um back off royal i've had enough of your crap tonight remember that yeah it was pretty cool yeah pretty cool um and De deb gives a speech that's like he could have died because he was on drugs because he felt so much pressure because of your your son dan scott dan ulysses scott it's your fault um and then this is when Dan's mom says more words than she said all evening. She gives a big old speech where she gets super mad at Dan. And she says, Dan, you of all people, how dare you? You know how much you hated it when your daddy bullied you. 
And then she keeps going and she starts to be like, and I, I lied for you. I like deceived for you. And I did it because like to protect you. And now you're doing the same thing to Nathan. And we're all like, whoa, 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 whoa. What do you lie about? What do you lie about? And then we find out you guys are, you guys will not believe this because it's so like it goes against like it destroys the very bedrock of the scott family yeah climb climb down from your elliptical (laughs) sit on your exercise ball and get a load of this crap take it away abby (laughs) thanks well um when dan hurt his knee not just hurt blew blew out out. he blew it out (laughs) he it was hurt it was blown but but in royal was on the road (laughs) he was traveling when he got hurt so they decided to tell royal not only did he blow it out but he has a degenerative knee condition and can no longer play basketball when in actuality he could have just done physical therapy and gotten back on the basketball court so this whole time this idea of he could have gone pro if he hadn't gotten hurt actually dan quit you know what they say abby what do they say when they go pro we go high Hmm. is there a better one than that probably (laughs) (laughs) and this is when it's pretty bad like no and literally nobody knew except for the mom and dan yeah Deb didn't know. His dad didn't didn't know. Nathan clearly didn't know. And Whitey says something like, oh, thank you for dinner. And he leaves. And Haley, Nathan's like, I'll take you home, Haley. And Haley leaves. And just everyone's mad at each other. And Dan is particularly mad at his mom. He, like, gets up and leaves because he's like, you, like, had to open your big mouth or something like that. He does to his mom what the grandpa did to Haley. But worse because it's his mom. Yeah. Yeah. And she was just trying to help. And he doesn't take responsibility for anything. Whew. Chapter two. Back at the beginning of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> Back in time. Peyton's on a video chat with her dad. As you remember, he's on a three-week dredging trip. It's not a trip. It's work. Um, and he's back in two days. Um, and they're just having a very cute joking conversation about his beard um and how she's making fun of him it's very cute and then lucas and brooke come over because peyton invited them over because she nobody knocks anymore they just walk right right in in. um she reveals her dad's car which apparently according to to lucas it's a very cool car but it's it's not working because he hasn't used it for a year so she asks them to help um fix it as a surprise for when her dad comes home and Lucas has a really good line where she reveals the car and he goes, damn, that's nice. And And we believe him. And we believe him. And then Brooke has just a lot of comments about how hot it would be to watch Lucas fix a car in a wife beater. And (laughs) she's not wrong boys. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, um, so that's kind of, that's the plot for them. Mm-hmm. Just fixing the Back car. Back to that's Nathan. All that, <laughs> that's all that happens. They just fix the car and they fix it and his, her dad comes that's home. And, and they drive around and they go, they go 60 miles per hour. They go 45 miles per hour. They go on some turns and they drive up a mountain and down a mountain and they drive in a little circle and 
they stop at a red light and they uh, they go through they go through a little drive through. <laughs> we'll cut that out. <laughs> it didn't get the reaction you wanted from Abby, and she's your first and best audience. <laughs> what were you saying, Abby? <laughs> Uh, so Brooke is doing the Brooke voice to Lucas while he's fixing the car. Um, oh, yeah. And she, like, grabs his necklace that he has around his neck with her finger. I just remember that. Yeah, she hooks him. Yeah, she kind of hooks him. And they're, like, they start to kiss in the front seat. And Peyton walks in and sees them and just is sad. Um, and they kind of break apart because, you know, they're trying to be sensitive. And she's also sad because... There's a hur- category three hurricane near where her dad is, and she's worried about him. Mm-hmm. But I think he's going to be fine. Yeah. What's the worst that happens? <sighs> <laughs> um, so Luke is working on the car again, like, but it's late at night, so he's been working on it all day. And he gets it started. He did it. Yeah. And that's the end of that conflict of that episode. But Peyton comes out, and she's like devastated. As they're making out. No, that was before. Um, they're not making out this time, but they're happy. They're she happy. Comes out sad. They could start making out. And she finds out that her dad is lost at sea, which sounds like old timey, but it's true. It's exactly yeah. what he is. He was in a small boat trying to get to shore, and his boat has disappeared, and they have recovered a body. Um, like his transport is missing. I guess is the technical term they've recovered a body and she needs to go down to like the docks and see if the body is her dad's and this is when i wrote she's a child yeah it's so intense doesn't it seem like he would have a co-worker who could do that does it have to be next of ken well it definitely wouldn't be as interesting if like no jim the co-worker <laughs> <laughs> like what? just like a, f- a phone call with jim the co-worker being like okay i'll check it out Ooh, bye Peyton. <laughs> <laughs> yeah but anyway so it's a four-hour drive <laughs> i just imagining like they're like i know it would be more dramatically interesting to have Peyton see the the body but it, realistically it would be jim i would love to be in the writer's room and to be that voice of reason <laughs> You're like, guys, it has to be a random coworker we have not met. I've already I've already written his character. He's Jim. It'll just be it'll be great. Yeah. And he can work at a nearby company. It doesn't even have to be the same company. Maybe a paper company. <laughs> Jim. <laughs> this is our chance to really get that crossover people are craving between people, the office and the We'll be know. craving in a few years. <laughs> and you know what everyone loves? The office. Let's get them in here. That could really boost our season one ratings. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it's a four hour drive into the storm. And this is when Brooke offers to stay so she can be by the phone and wait to hear about um Peyton's dad. But also in first we're like, wow, that's like a lazy way for the show to get like Peyton and Lucas alone together. But then she says like a really nice friend thing where she's like, I'd probably fall apart. To Lucas, she says, I'd probably fall apart and you'd end up taking care of me, which isn't fair um, because she knows that Peyton needs help and that she wouldn't be like, that's not. It's nice to know yourself. Yeah. Be like, I want to help my friend the best I can. I'm going to be freaking out. I'll stay here. And it's also like, I trust you too completely. Yeah. And she's like, yeah, she's like lost all her insecurity. She literally had 24 hours ago. 
I guess it's been now three weeks. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So now Peyton and Lucas are on their way, um, driving, and. I think this was the point when I realized that their episode, no matter what, was going to end with them looking at a dead body together as, like, high schoolers. Yeah. Yeah. So they're driving towards the dead body. It's kind of awkward, kind of tense, because she so clearly loves Lucas. Mm -hmm. Um, And they hit a barricade on the road, which is closed until the morning because the storm's so bad. So they have to come back at 6 a.m. And there's a motel down the road. So... Um, Peyton and Lucas get to the motel and this is, I just wrote this down cause I think it's like, this is like episode one, Lucas, like this episode is classic, original, purebred Lucas Scott. Pre-tattoo. <laughs> Pre-tattoo. Pre-bad. It's an ancient Chinese symbol tattoo, I believe is what he said. Ancient Chinese symbol. For what? For joy? For, for happiness fun oh, maybe it's for fun <laughs> <laughs> it's so big just as a reminder this tattoo i don't know if we ever described how big the tattoo is that lucas now has on his body it's like four inches by four inches it's big how old do you think the word fun is do you think they had the word fun in medieval times i think so do you think a monk was like this is fun <laughs> well i think maybe the monk was like we shouldn't be having fun or the, having too much oh, fun. And a king was like, I have fun. He's <laughs> like, fun will be had only by me. We will have a tournament and we will have fun. <laughs> Princes from all across the land. Prince High. Remember Prince oh, High? Prince High School, remember? <laughs> Just keep that in mind. Okay, so anyway, this is like pure Lucas where Peyton says, what did he say, 6 a.m.? And he kind of stops what he's doing and he looks at her. And Lucas says, we'll be there at 5 it's just so supportive. Yeah. And just he gets it. He gets how worried she is. And he also gets what can help, you know. Mm-hmm. So she's sad. <laughs> um, she starts to, like, she's like, we should go to bed. But there's only one bed. So Lucas says, like, I'll sleep on the floor. And Peyton says, don't be stupid. Well, the motel is probably full of teenagers going to see if it's their dad. Yes, so it's they didn't like have two rooms Every available. room is, is its own story that has like <laughs> probably some sexual tension between teens. Two friends. Two friends. Who can't date. because All one is across dating. the spectrum, you know. I think... Hot teens, ugly hot teens, teens, ugly teens. <laughs> short teens, tall teens. Yeah. Teens with long hair, teens with All, short hair. Yeah. It, big eyebrow teens. Any type of teen no you can imagine. Teens. Braces, no braces. Glasses, no glasses. Nerds, goths. Jocks. Geeks, jocks, band, band aids, mm. theater geeks, theater geeks, <laughs> yeah, acapella heads, yeah, um, ro- robots, robots. <laughs> yeah. The motel is packed, and they get on the same bed, but they don't get under the covers and they don't take their shoes off. And people in television don't take their shoes off to go on beds so often and it drives me crazy. Who would ever go in a bed without their their shoes still on? It breaks the reality. It doesn't make any sense. And it's gross. Yeah. Well, they also just like lie on top of the covers. Yeah. Um... <laughs> and this is when Will says, Will said when they were like just lying there, kind of next to each other, with the sexual tension between them, 
Will just said, gosh, I'm nervous. And then he said, that's the smallest queen bed I've ever seen. <laughs> it, it feels like the production designer like shaved on the sides. Yeah. Like, okay, now lie on it again. No, I can, we can get closer. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So it's really tense. Yeah. Um, in the next morning, the, oh, like in the middle of the night, um, Peyton is like lying there looking at this bracelet um, from her dad. It says like a nice message or something. Well, we don't know if the bracelet is from the dad or the dead guy. If it's not the dad. <laughs> we know that the bracelet's from whoever's dead. Yeah. And she's like, I forgot he I forgot his face. No, it's from her dad. Abby, be serious. It's from her dad. <laughs> and she just kind of confides in Lucas how scared she is and he comforts her, but they don't touch. It's a moment where you would like forgive it. Some touching. Yeah. But they but, don't. But then they know they shouldn't. Yeah. And it feels like maybe he should like hold her. Yeah. He should big spoon. But then what if he got a boner? You know, like that to me was the subtext of that scene where it's like he should comfort her. But what if he big spoon got a bony and and then she'd be like, she'd be like, my could be my dad. And he'd be like, I'm really sorry. (laughs) (laughs) You don't think her saying like the dead guy could be my dad would kind of just like immediately put that boner back inside his body. Inside his body. (laughs) No, maybe. Good point. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But then they like they kind of go back to sleep and we'll leave it at that for now. Back to chapter one. This is how (laughs) books work, right? (laughs) Some of them. Hopscotch by Cortazar. Check it out. I I won't. So Nathan walks Haley home. Maybe I will. Nathan walks Haley home and... (laughs) 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 Um, He basically is like debriefing from that crazy dinner even though he was debriefed at the beginning of the episode when he was in his underwear go ahead i told <laughs> no, you he was still wearing his briefs i think a little bit peaked out <laughs> i think his grandpa was like that's my boy <laughs> this is like way more penis content than i expected for this episode sorry <laughs> <laughs> don't apologize if that's the kind of content that like is speaking to you right now then you have to follow that truth So he basically is saying how, like, when he was growing up, one thing was carved in stone, and that's that Dan Scott would have been a pro if he didn't hurt his knee. And now that's completely shattered. Not just shattered, blown out. (laughs) He blew out the truth. Um, And he doesn't know what to do with that new truth. And Haley kind of doesn't know what to tell him either. But he communicates to her how, oh, it's the thing that I wanted us to, can you do it? You I don't tell totally them. remember it. Tell it to them. But he, Haley's about to go into her door, and he does the thing where he's like, Haley, like right before she leaves. Yeah. He says, remember remember how I said that my family's so messed up that nothing new would change anything? Yeah. I was wrong. Because this was new, and it did change everything. I think, too, though, he was talking about her in a good way. I think the line was a little bit him of being like, where I was saying that nothing could ever change it. I was wrong. And he's looking at her and he's like, you made it better. Uh, I think like being with her made it better. Oh, that's not how I interpret it. Well, I'm a romantic and you're a realist, but <laughs> somehow we found ourselves somehow. together. Oh yeah. By the way, everybody, this is the segment where we tell you if we're still together as partners in love in life. And the answer is a resounding uh-huh. yes. <laughs> So Nathan goes up to De- Dan after he gets home from walking Haley. 
and Dan tries to explain to him why he lied. And he says, like, he got to school. And it's basically like the big fish small pond thing where he wasn't as good as he used to be. And it was, like, hurting his mom and hurting his dad. And his mom came to him and begged him to walk away. And she d- he did it out of love for his mom. Ugh. It was the worst decision of his life. But then he's like, as soon as I quit, I realized that whole time I wasn't playing for my dad. I was playing because I loved the game. I think he's trying to trying to tell that to Nathan where he's like, even if I suck, you do love this game and you should still be playing. But it's, ugh. he's like, I've been trying to save you from a life of regret. And Nathan says, well, th- you, like, good job because there's no way I'm ever going to end up like you. <sighs> I just feel like the truth coming out could have been a moment for Dan to finally let go of all his rage and just have an actual honest conversation with Nathan. Yeah. But it wasn't that. He like put all the blame on his mom and he made it sound like he was being selfless by quitting. When clearly he quit because he was terrified mm-hmm. and because he wasn't as good as he thought he was. And he's a coward. Yeah. Any thoughts? No, you nailed it. <laughs> yeah. So Dan's on a couch. Um, oh, he's he's going to sleep on the couch. Because they're still separated. And Deb asks him, has it ever once bothered you? Has it, ever, has it ever once bothered your conscience that everything we built our relationship on was a lie? Because she quit school when he hurt his knee. And he basically tells her the same story that he told Nathan, except <laughs> shifts it a little. Yeah. So instead of him taking care of his mom, he was taking care of Deb and Nathan, being like, I was doing it to protect you and our son. He's t- so scared. He's such a coward. Yeah. Fear governs him. Like we see him. That's really good, Will. This is poet, poetic. Hmm. Like we see him tell two different skewed versions to two different people to try to manipulate them into forgiving him. Yeah. Which actually kind of, I think, shows that he knows the truth. Like what his mom said was the truth, obviously, yes, you know. Yeah. But I think it's it's that moment of being like, oh, if if you're changing your story. But I kind of do think he believes whatever he's saying at any given time. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. And he he's basically saying this is the truth, and Deb says the truth in this house. So she doesn't believe him either. So he tries to like manipulate his son and his wife, and neither buy it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we're at the next morning. Do you have any other thoughts, Will? It's getting pretty serious. I mean, at the beginning of the episode, she didn't say they wouldn't get back together. Right. You know, I mean, it it feels like going into it, Dan kind of has this energy of like, oh, well, being back together, like, that's when I'm in my element. You know, it'll be a fun night. This will help. And it's making things so much worse, so much faster. And it's in a way, it's like actual therapy. Like, he doesn't show up emotionally for therapy. Yeah. And now, like, all the truth is coming out. Yeah, that's so true. Yeah. And it seems like Deb is in a place where she's, like, because of that huge lie, like, the very foundation of their relationship is so shattered that Mm -hmm. she feels less of an obligation now to fix it. And with Whitey and Haley there, it's, like, it wasn't just the family. Yeah. And with the grandparents, it's, like, yeah, the illusion is starting to... To crumble and fall. The illusion. 
So mom, the moms are in the kitchen in the morning. Moms are in the kitchen in the morning. Um, Deb and mom. Here's the thing. Never learned the mom's name. I'm sure they said it. I don't remember it, which, you know, maybe we should have written it down, but also says a lot about like her significance. Probably like Royal and Ruth. They're probably another like alliterative couple. Yeah, let's call her Ruth. (laughs) Um, So Ruth and Deb are commiserating and... Both kind of being like, you're brave. No, you're brave. You're strong. No, you're strong. Um, and Dan comes in and completely ignores his mom like a baby. And she talks to him. She's like, come on, I did it for you. Like, I don't want history to repeat itself. We can't lie anymore in this family. And then he says, I'm going for a run to Deb and then leaves. Nathan has a confrontation with Royal where Royal's like, sorry about your dad. And Nathan says, I understand why he did it. He must have really loved you to want to like care what you thought that much. So he kind of doesn't really forgive his grandpa either and doesn't let him off the hook. But it, it shows him understanding his dad. Yeah. In a way that he hasn't. And kind of admitting that he loves his dad. Right. Or at least. He could break the cycle. He could be the chosen one of which the <laughs> prophecy spoke. Yeah. What was the prophecy again? Oh, actually, it's been so long. I don't There will be a baby born, a baby born out of wedlock, a busted ball and woman, and he shall lead them, and he shall break the curse from father unto son. The town of Tree Hill. <laughs> it's a long promise. Oh. <laughs> I wish I remembered it, but <laughs> what just what just happened? <laughs> Did um, I prophesize again? <laughs> great. So Hathen and Neely. Whoa, that's not correct. <laughs> oh my gosh, I sounded like a fool. <laughs> Their couple name is Hathen and Neely. <laughs> <laughs> Nathan and Haley are talking somewhere. I don't remember. And Haley says, now that you know the truth about your dad, it's kind of awesome. Now you're free. No more pressure. And that's the smart answer. (laughs) And then Nathan, who's grown so much, looks at Haley and says, I wish that that were true. I have to go back to war. I have to go back to basketball. I have to beat him. It's the only way I'll ever be free of my dad. What? That's not how dads work. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, let's break down for me, Will, everything that's wrong with, everything that's incorrect with this sentence. I wish that were true. I have to go back. I have to beat him. It's the only way I'll ever be free of my dad. Okay. Say it again and I'll stop you. you (laughs) I wish that were true. It is true. So (laughs) your wish is granted already. Stop talking. Keep going. I have to go back. You don't have to because the first thing is true. You're happier than you've ever been out playing basketball. Keep going. I have to beat him. Um, How could you beat your dad? He played, you know, 16 years before you were even born. Um, He definitely didn't play 16 (laughs) years before he was born. Oh, he arrived later in a little bit. (laughs) <laughs> no, you, you know, time is a construct, but uh, there's no way to there's no way to beat him basketball. The game was so different back then. There was less of an. Uh, the shorts were shorter. It was before Steph Curry. It was before those like three pointers are now sort of like the name of the game. Shorts were shorter. Slam dunks weren't really a thing. Um, also, you're not competing against your dad. He's your dad. Keep going. Yeah, I also just, I just have to say I have to beat him. I don't know what that means. 
Yeah. I don't know what beating him means. Do I have to beat him emotionally? Do I have to be a better basketball player? Better average. Do I need to get to pro? I don't understand. Can I? Do I have to not blow out my knees? <laughs> I don't know. Because th- that can happen to anyone at any time. We've yeah. established that you can just my blow out knees, your knees. My knees have blown out two times during the recording of this podcast. <laughs> Those moments it's when I got gruesome quiet, in here. It is bloody because they blew all the way out. You know how they do sometimes <laughs> in sports. It's the only way I'll ever be free of my dad. Um, you could talk to him. <laughs> also, how are you free of your dad if everything you're doing is because of your dad? Yeah. It's like that quote from Left Hand of Darkness, the Ursula K. Le Guin book that I just read, where it said, opposing opposition guarantees existence. That's so, so true. Opposing his father in this way is making his entire self and identity about his relationship to his dad. Yes. So actually the way to be free from your dad is not join the freaking basketball team, man. <laughs> so the Scott family is having a really awkward breakfast. Everyone's back together. Why? Just go home. Yeah. Keith's there. Why'd he come over? And uh, dad compliments Keith. He's like, you've turned into a good man, son. And Keith said, "The fir- that's funny. The first nice thing you've ever said to me is really only a drag at dan which is brutal and true it's not a drag it's a dig i wrote that weird (laughs) a dig at dan it's so brutal yeah um and then dan's mom gives him a quilt of all his old basketball jerseys for his birthday and it's brutal (laughs) (laughs) yeah like that number of birthday and getting your high school jerseys is rough so dev and dan are doing dishes Dan thanks her for not throwing gas on the fire. She says, are you okay? And he says, are you okay? And she says, I'm not, and we're not. Um, she says, I can't hold lying against you because I realized all these years I've been doing it too. Basically saying she's been like lying about loving him, being okay. She's been leading some kind of lie as well. Yeah. Um. And it's just kind of this image of the parents leaving. It's like the whole family's together. And Royal and Ruth leave. And Deb, as soon as they leave the driveway, Deb takes Dan's hands off her shoulder. And she leaves. And then Keith leaves. And then Dan leaves. And it's only Nathan left. Yeah. Okay. We got to keep going. Back. We have to keep going back. That's right. Back to chapter two. Whew. Okay. They wake up 445. Lucas has brought snacks from the vending machine. He's just the best. He's the best. They get their stuff together and they go to see the body. But what do they do first? They leave all the snacks that Lucas got on the table. (laughs) Yeah. And you know they've got time because they don't even have to pause to put on their shoes because their shoes were on and they slept even. And technically, they're not really supposed to get there till six. Yeah. You're going to be early for the body. It's not going anywhere. (laughs) No, but we understand. They're the only, I mean, it's a, it's a, it's not his greatest acting moment when Chad Michael Murray leaves the room because he looks back, he checks the room (laughs) and then he closes the door. And the che- the like room check, he sees the snacks. He definitely sees and the snacks. And he got them five minutes before. You can have snacks in the car. Have snacks in the car. Yeah. <sighs> car snacks. So so that, I mean, a, a lot of people 
I'm starting to check on things online, and I know that's when a lot of people kind of stopped watching the show. But we're gonna <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna keep going. I feel like it really went under. Yeah, it jumped the snacks. It jumped. <laughs> so Peyton is at a coroner's office, looking at like a body under a sheet, and they lift the sheet, and she looks down at a dead body, and she looks up and she says, "It's not him." So what are and we then supposed it pans to make out. <laughs> so this this coroner or whoever lifts the sheet for her and is standing next to her lifting the sheet. And then she goes, it's not him. And it pans out and he's just not there anymore. <laughs> so he's a ghost, clearly. Yeah. Which proves that there are ghosts, which proves that Whitey's wife could be a ghost. Ooh. And she might be getting together with that coroner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But we're, I mean, all jokes aside, we're really glad that her dad isn't dead. We're so glad. Yeah. And it they really... This show, it could have gone either way. Yeah. Yeah. It really, you know, there was tension. We didn't and, know. And it's like this wonderful moment where like, oh, Peyton and Lucas, like it was tense, but they were there together as friends. And like there was the opportunity for them to like hook up or something and they didn't. You know, like they were yeah. just there and they just supported each other. And Lucas was a very good friend. He did He did everything to just make her experience better. Yeah. And then they call Brooke, and Brooke has just gotten a call from the Coast Guard saying that her dad is okay. Not only was that not his body, but he was he's good. He's his alive. Body, his body is full of life. Yes, it's a wonderland. He's yeah. alive. And Brooke says, I love you to both of them. Yeah. Whoa. Um, and they're just so happy. They're so happy. But then Peyton realizes she left her bracelet in the hotel, and she needs it because it's from her dad. So Lucas is like, let's go. And they go back to the hotel room. She's looking, looking, looking. She finds it. And the minute she finds it, she just starts crying. And this is the first time that she's cried. It like The day catches up with her. Yeah. yeah. And it's almost like the, it's, it's, sad. it's like both the tears that she didn't let out when she was afraid for her dad mm-hmm. and the tears of joy and relief that he's okay. And they're back in this motel room, which reminds her probably of what it felt like to not know. Yes. Like they're back in the place where they were. When she didn't know. And it's a very good acting moment, I believe. Yeah. From Hillary Burton. Um, yeah, great job. Yeah. It's I just never very said good. I never said it wasn't. I, <laughs> <laughs> okay, you didn't say it was though. Um she's crying in in Lucas. This is the first time they've really touched, and he hugs her and he gives her like a really, really deep hug. And then they pull apart, their heads pull apart, and they're looking at each other. And they're can looking, they're looking. Can we not recap this part? They're looking, they're looking. Abby, can we just skip it and not and recap it? And they kiss it? passionately. Which we want, hunger, but not like this. Not like this. And he takes off her jacket, and she takes off his jacket. Stop, Abby. And they Stop go onto the bed. Don't recap this. And she this. takes off her shirt. Stop recapping this, and Abby. And he takes off his shirt, and I he's don't smiling, and they're kissing, it. and they're kissing. And then uh. he kisses her neck, and they're so happy. And then his necklace gets caught in her hair, and it's it's like goofy and kind of fun, and they're still. And she t- he like he finally gets the necklace off, and they're kind of laughing. And then he looks at it, and he says, "Brooke." And everything changes, and Peyton says, "What?" And he says, "Brooke, Brooke gave me this necklace." Oh. And it's a really ugly necklace. It's, she has bad. <laughs> So it's sort of like if she had never gotten that necklace, they might still be in that motel. Yeah, they would never leave. Um, so it's really good that they stopped, but it kind of, they can't take it back. It happened. Yeah. 
and he says we should get going. But it didn't mean anything. <laughs> and they stop and they leave. And then they're on the car ride back. Yeah. And Lucas tries to talk about it. And Peyton says, don't. It was stupid. We got carried away and it didn't mean anything. And Lucas says, it didn't? Like very earnestly, very vulnerable. And Peyton says, of course it didn't. And kind of just completely shrugs it off. Um, it's pain. The whole thing is painful. And it's hard because we really, really want and it's also like kind of the best like it's not a sex scene but like it's the best like kissing scene so far of the show i would say like it's, I, I think it's like the most intimate the most passionate it's like sexy yeah but it's completely <clears throat> you know overshadowed by how they're hurting someone they love yep. by doing it thoughts will uh, it's just brutal i I mean, you you folks listening will remember I tried to stop Abby from recapping it. But, <laughs> but part of that was to give you the experience of watching it. Everything I do in this podcast, I do for you. I do for you. Um, it's, it's rough. And yeah. you can't help but feel a little responsible. Because you've been rooting for Peyton and Lucas to get back together. Yeah. You have, listener. It's yeah. your fault. You're, you're as, culpable. You're complicit in all this. Um, so final montage. Nathan is back at basketball. Look at this photograph. And he looks at Haley across the hall and <sighs> they feel distant. Yeah. Peyton and Lucas um, get back and hug Brooke, who just loves them both so much. And she puts her arm around Peyton and walks in with them. And Lucas touches his necklace. Yeah. Oof. Oh, it's so rough. It's so cringy. Also, he's only been dating Brooke for like three <clears> episodes. <throat> How is this all already happening? Why don't they do the the bad uh, sitcom plot thing where he dates both of them at the same time? That could be fun. <laughs> <gasps> That's always fun, watching a nice guy uh-huh. date two women at once because he just can't choose because he loves them both so much. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Um, closing thoughts, Will? Uh, really great. Up, uh, Mark Schwann, I loved the the simplicity. I love that there were just two stories. I like that we got to see the boys on their own um, uh, with, with the women in their life. Uh, I feel like, you know, Nathan is – he made the wrong call here, but he had in this moment a much healthier relationship with Haley than Lucas had with Brooke, and that's like – like that's sort of starting to flip a little bit, um, and I don't, I don't know where they're gonna go from here. I mean, I do know. I have some thoughts on. What are your thoughts? Well, I feel like I have a pretty good idea of what the next episode's gonna be. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, before we go to the prediction, I also just remembered when we were watching it, and Nathan goes back to basketball, and I remember you were like, like of Lucas seeing and be like, I thought. <laughs> I thought I had your world. You're you gave already me back. Your world. You gave me this basketball, and I meant that. <laughs> it meant that I got your world, and now you're back in your world. How can you be in your world if I have your world? You now? can't say something that dramatic and then skip one day of practice. <laughs> <laughs> and like your dad has a birthday party, and suddenly you want to come back. You can't just have your world again. It's my world. You and when I say your it. dad, I mean our, our dad. dad. Yeah. Yeah. Lucas didn't even say happy birthday to Dan. <sighs> Lucas. Honestly, 
his dad should have taught him to be nicer. Oh, wait. Wait. He blew out his knee. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What's your prediction? Okay. Will Sondheim? So, of my life. <laughs> so I think they um they established a really interesting pattern where like the episode before this, it was like all these different stories. And in this episode, it was sort of these two arcs. So I think the next episode will simplify down further and be a single storyline and actually maybe be like a one take. Like they might try to do it all in one. Whoa. Um, 40 minute episode. 40 minute episode. It's one take. And I think what it is, is it's, it's, it opens on Whitey before the practice starts and he casually like goes to the free throw line and he like shoots it Mm. and it bounces off the backboard and Whitey is kind of just like, Oh, that's not. And so he takes a ball and he goes back and he gets to the free throw line and he shoots again and he misses. And it's this moment for Whitey where he's like, basketball is my life. I can't make this free throw. So it's him just practicing and like trying again and again to to make a basket and the ball just isn't going in. Um and then uh and then I think his like I think that's when we see his ghost wife come up behind him and like put her arms around him like ghost with the pottery with the clay and she like comes in she like comes into his body and shoots the basketball for him. Swish Door slam open. The cheerleaders are there for basketball practice. Wow. So it's like the first minute. Yeah. And then you realize (laughs) that it's the first day of practice. You're like, why isn't Lucas on the team? You realize that it was a flashback. It was a flashback to the very first episode. Oh, it was a flashback to like a month before. Yeah. One month ago. Pretty cool. I thought. (laughs) (laughs) okay if that happens i'll take you to where they filmed one tree hill oh uh thanks for listening to the podcast we don't really do social media but if you like it good and tell people (laughs) where they can listen to it also we have an email and i just i think it's really funny to get emails oh yeah send us any send us any thoughts at uh one tree will at gmail.com all words thanks to preserve records and Patrick Buddy for letting us record in their stewed. Yeah. It's it great sounds in here. I was listening to an old episode. It sounds way better. Yeah. <laughs> we used to record a podcast across an ocean. <laughs> <laughs> this sounds very good in here. Yeah. Um so yeah, go to Patrick Buddy for all of your music recording needs. <laughs> I don't know if you can do that. If you want to listen to good music. Yeah. Do that too. <laughs> Preserve records. Patrickbuddy.com um thank you so much we hope to just do this as long as it's still fun (laughs) and it genuinely is just for fun so we really appreciate people listening to it because um that makes us happy that other people enjoy this the way we enjoy it you're great you're great and you're great (laughs) that's probably how many how many people listen you three now climb back up on that elliptical Get off the exercise ball and finish <laughs> your, your workout. workout. I've been Abby. I will and I am and <laughs> I'm Will. <laughs> and just remember. I have to beat him. But I don't want to be anything other than what I've been trying to be lately. Oh.